0: All right, so on yet another edition of the 21 News Podcast, I'm managing editor Justin Mitchell, and uh, and with me is Radio 570 host Ron Verb and publisher of the Buckeye Review, Dr. Mike McNair, and this time we're talking about the Senate debate between the GOP candidates that was held by the Ohio Debate Commission on Monday evening. Good to have you guys here. Um, we Finished doing one on the Democratic debate, and now um, this being a state that is leaning Republican and uh, and there's a high likelihood that, uh, that this stays a Republican seat, we saw all of the candidates vying for Rob Portman's seat Monday night. Again, I'll just start with what were your key takeaways and where did Mike go? I see a picture. <laughs> There he is. <laughs> key key takeaway. I, yeah, I hear you. Key takeaways. This time I'll start with you, Mike, and then we'll go back to Ron.
1: Uh, I was uh, I was to, to be honest. I was I shouldn't be surprised, nor should I be flabbergasted. But I couldn't find. I can't find enough. Access. How far off the cliff these seven candidates are? They're running as hard as they can to to get Trump's endorsement and to follow behind whole agenda of, you know, China and the southern border, and they don't have any, they don't have a clue about government or what to do. Now, what they do want to do is immunize a few other folks and, and kowtow up to, you know, and gussy up to Trump. I think the most reasonable one probably was, uh, the, uh, the, the lady candidate that was there um, Mike Gibbons made a strong uh, presentation, uh, but, uh, but the fact that they are so far um, following behind Trump, who is clearly a and peach failed felon, the only reason he's not in jail is because the, the wheels of justice grind so slowly, but he is such a criminal. And he is so corrupt, and everybody that's fallen behind him is falling in that same corruption. It's terrifying, terrifying.
0: And the mm-hmm. whole lot of
1: them, the whole lot of them, were were like nutcases. That's what I'll just put it that. Huh.
2: <laughs> There's a lot to well, respond to there. And then and then Ron
0: said mega dittos, and we were done. I'm unbelievable. I can't believe he agreed with that, Ron. Really? No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: I got to tell you that that is really tough for me to take. There's a there's a couple of things here. First of all, when he's talking about Trump and how criminally he is, I just want to remind him of what what we saw on Hunter Biden's laptop about the kickbacks that were taking place from China. Hang on a second here, Mike. Hang on. Just give me my Bennett underbiking's laptop which even the New York Times has said 16 months later is a real deal it wasn't a russian hoax you know the pictures of him on there smoking crack and with hookers and this kind of stuff but in addition to that talking about the kickbacks to the uh, to the big guy his dad from the ukraine from china and and so if you want to talk about corruption there's real corruption now let me go to the debate i thought jd vance won this debate i thought jd jd vance presented himself uh, well, I thought he answered the questions well. I, I thought he addressed the issues well. So uh, the big advertising dollars have been behind Dolan and Gibbons, and they've been spending the most money. But J.D. Vance, I think, shined in this debate on substance and on presentation. I was disappointed in Jane Timpkin. Uh, she's uh, gave some good answers, but she just didn't have the presence, I believe. That is needed in the in these debates. So I, I was disappointed in her because of her lack of presence. Uh, I thought that uh, Josh Mandel, uh, he he came across to me somewhat odd to a certain extent. I mean, I don't disagree with what he had to say, but Mike Gibbons seemed like he was lost at times for answers, uh, somewhat distant. Josh Mandel seemed a little bit strange to me. I'm trying to think of the guy uh the, the one fellow though of course had an accent and I think that'd be difficult Patel Neil uh, in, Patel in, 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 in a debate but there was the one business guy who says I uh, just I forget his name the one business guy that says if I don't win now I'm never running again I don't even know his name from watching the debate and I follow this stuff I thought he had a good presentation but Mark, the is, Mark McPita, yeah, yeah. I, re- I thought he did really well but I thought JD Vance was was the clear winner here and, uh, I thought, and I thought, I frankly, uh, to get on Mike's nerves, I'll take any of those Republicans over any of the Democrats. And, you, take and so you
1: also, so then you also agree that the, the election was stolen and should be overturned.
2: <clears throat> Do I think the election? No, I think there are things in the election that need to be that need to be looked at. The influence of Zuckerberg money and Facebook. Frankly, once again, if I have to be critical of the debate, too much time in that debate, as in a Democratic debate was spent on issues that I don't think are that important. I think the most important issues, once again, are what's happening to our lifestyle and inflation, the energy costs. These are the most important issues. Groceries, inflation, gasoline, energy. uh, These are the most important issues affecting everybody out there. We're all becoming poor. That should have been the topics in both debates where we should be talking about what do you think we can do about this because we have huge problems in this country right now.
0: I feel like yeah. I saw a little bit of a, a, of a beginning of a separation amongst these candidates because they are all, they are all certainly trying to garner favor with the former president. They all really want that endorsement. Matt Dolan's the only one who says, you know, take it or leave it. He doesn't, he doesn't really care, um, but you saw a little bit of a division between which ones are cartoonish in that and which ones are maybe more thoughtful, for instance you know, we open with the, the question about the reality of the 2020 election. Now, when you hear Josh Mandel, who was an early front runner, he just throws things out he just makes them up i mean he just says well i want an audit in the states he won because i know that he won by more there's no evidence of that that doesn't even that defies reality okay so there's some grand cabal to steal an election and they're giving him certain states but not by it it, it doesn't hold water and he's just sort of throwing out cartoonish things whereas a guy like vance said well that's not what we're talking about but He's concerned about, and he cited actual issues like changes in election procedure. He cited, he cited social media. Those are actual influences in a in an election. That's not a, van, a grand conspiracy theory. We can disagree over what uh, what impact anything may have had, um, but uh, and even the New York Times initially not running the, the Hunter Biden story could have had an impact. So so those were, were actual concrete answers. So it was a way of saying. Well, now, wait, I'm not going to break from the former president, but I'm not going to just say crazy things to garner favor without being thoughtful. So I thought Vance acquitted himself better than I may have expected on that because he's been running pretty hard to the right because of his early criticisms of Trump to try and make up for that. you know and then there were people jane timkin didn't really separate herself at all she's just I, I honestly i think it's just got more to do with the fact that her personality is just a softer demeanor than this room she didn't say anything that was that much different nor did she say anything that really ought to turn off any of the prospective voters she just didn't say it in a way where people said oh there she you know there's there's no gotcha moment and people like that in debates um uh, you know uh, mark Paquita. Has been further under the radar for I think a lot of people, and he, you know, what he sounded like to me, um, he sounded like one of my uncles. You know, <laughs> he just sounded like a guy who's going, you know. Well, listen, I'm just going to tell it like it is. Doesn't mean everything that he said was accurate. It doesn't mean everything he said was something that that everybody's going to agree with, but I thought he came he probably raised his profile quite a bit by coming off that I didn't know a lot about him and I and I did hear him as like a guy who you know if i'm leaning to the right and i hear him i'm going who's that guy i like him you know so i thought he he raised his profile probably not enough to to make a difference this far in but vance helped himself mandel has been in a slide that he did nothing to stop and Gibbons is treading water, but he's treading water at the top of the polls right now. I'll tell you this about Mike Gibbons, because I've interviewed um, all of these uh, candidates with, uh, with the exception of Patel and Pukita for this podcast. And Gibbons has been consistently the one I found the most surprising. What I mean by that is I think he's very genuine. And uh, the ads don't uh, necessarily let you see that because these are political primary season ads. So it's, you know, they're themes and he's on the football field and they, they're honestly a little, eh, what, what, who is this guy? What's he doing? But when I All spoke right. to him, he was a guy who was a true believer in everything he said. He wasn't sort of running with the political wins and he's a reader. He's a guy who told me, he goes, uh, he goes, the truth is, is I'm an insomniac. I spend most nights reading everything I agree with and disagree with. He's sharpening his, his intellect that way. And, uh, and he changes his mind if he finds evidence that, uh, that he might, that he feels he might've been wrong on something. So, um, I, I think we need more thoughtfulness in politics and that's where I find Gibbons to be a little bit refreshing not 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 on any policy not on any position but just as a guy who I think believes what he says and uh, and so I didn't think he did too badly although admittedly most of what I just said about him was from my interview with him not this debate so all things being said defining the winner and I guess I'll just answer this now since I'm on a rant and then I'll ask you guys (laughs) defining the winner is tough in this debate because I think there's two ways to define winner if the winner is who seemed like the most viable public servant, you know, particularly for the base that they're trying to speak to. If that's the definition, Matt Dolan did very well. Matt Dolan said, we're gonna live in this reality. He said, I'm not gonna talk about stolen elections. He goes, I think his quote was, I think Joe Biden's a legitimate president and a failed one, and it's time to look forward to 2024. Well, the Republican voter ought to love to hear that. And then he went on to talk about a lot of bedrock conservative issues. This guy is a conservative's conservative. He's not saying anything. You know, he's not, Mandel might call him a squishy rhino, but that's ridiculous. This guy's a a hard right conservative that ought to appeal to a lot of Republican voters. The reason I'm not so sure he did win is that there is a sizable contingent of the GOP base, that is is off the rails with Josh Mandel, and they do see a guy like Dolan as having turned his back on the party if they define the party as solely one man. And so if if you're gonna straddle those two constituencies, then I think I might agree with Ron that Vance probably straddled those two the most by sounding like a serious candidate without alienating them.
2: Let me just add add one thing. uh, real, real quick, Mike. I thought I, th- I think Dolan and uh, Gibbons' biggest problem—they come across as the staunch, old-fashioned Republican. That's how they come across, the country club, uh, elitist Republican. And and I don't think that's going to sell uh, in in Ohio right now. And that's how they came across to me. Dolan, I think, also has to deal with this whole situation as far as the name change of the Indians. He's got a lot of baggage. He's too. Uh, does he look the part? Yeah, but he's just not strong enough on a lot of issues, I think, with, with conservatives. And Gibbons has that same type of approach, I just think, in his ass. Remember, the people that are frontrunners now are spending the most money right now. Uh, so that's probably why they're the front runners. Let's see what happens as time goes out. Once again, Jane Timken was a disappointment. But let me ask you this, Justin. I thought Josh Mandel, he came across odd to me. I mean, yeah. he just
0: seemed... Mandel, no, no, I would agree because Mandel has been around a long time and he's got a serious likability issue. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, he's won statewide office before, but you don't ever talk to anybody who says they really like him. And he's been around long enough to have changed things in a more transparent way. Obviously, politicians evolve sometimes legitimately and sometimes for the political wins, but he seems to have done it in a way that is brazen i mean he puts on a little bit of a southern accent that he does not have he um he's this is a guy who you know 10 years ago uh was in favor of legalized gay marriage now he's doesn't even believe in the separation of church and state which is in the first amendment um, you know he's he just seems to have taken a lot of things and just said okay this is where the hard right is. I think the hard right is the way to win the GOP nomination. So I'm gonna be the cartoon of that to the most degree. And it's really transparent. So I agree, he's, he came off odd because he's faking it. Is what it seems like.
2: Right, well, one yeah. other thing, did you, did you, can I get an agreement? Did you think that uh, Gibbons and Dolan looked like country club Republicans? the people of the past that just seem like almost elitist to you They
0: they absolutely seem like old school Republicans but Ohio has a lot of them that's why I'm not so sure that that sinks them that's not you know that it's your know, Trump Republicans won't necessarily not vote for them but uh, you know cuz like Mike DeWine is an old school Republican Mike DeWine will vote for any one of these candidates but most of them would never vote for Mike DeWine it's a you know it's not a two-way street but yes they're definitely old school guys that says Rob Portman,
1: but I <laughs> yeah. think the old school, though. I think the old school is just an image, right? Uh, because the, the the new conservative is is so far out on on another planet, uh, trying to just stick with you know uh, corporate tax breaks, lower tax, and help the wealthy, later for the people. I mean, you say, Ron, that you know inflation and you know. Uh, oil is the, our biggest issue, and the biggest issue of poverty, right, and and working, and, and wages, right, and health care. Those are the biggest issues, because notwithstanding whatever the cost of things are, when people are poor, when you have like 30% of the population are poor, right, and growing, and it only grows by policy. Poverty is a policy choice. None of the discussion from the GOP, and not very much, to be honest. Democrats really address that. I mean, they talked about it in healthcare, but but other than that, they're not dealing with that. And yes, old school. I think Mike Gibbons won, right? I think he's that image that conservatives like. And and if uh, David, if uh, Gus Mandel, you know, has hurt himself, and I agree, I've heard anybody who likes him, but the fact that he's one statewide. I think I think it's still going to be neck and neck. It's real unfortunate that having that James Tempskin having received Ron Rob Portman's endorsement that she's not resonating as well. But that really just shows. James Portman was was fairly a decent, you know, conservative, almost moderate, and he's like odd right, man out because you got to be so much further to the right, and that right place over there is really off the field. I like the fact that they've been standing on a football field, but his ideas, from all the field, he's the one actually actually advocated for getting rid of due process. You know, so these guys are throwing out barbs and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you say that he's a learner and a listener because, you know, I hope to talk to him as well and see how much he's learned and is listening. Uh, but unfortunately, the whole of the GOP has said later for the poor, they said later for minorities, it's a later for black folks and p.s that debate uh the fact that the leader of the gop mike dewine said i'm not even going to come for Bob lives.
0: well i will say that dewine dewine said he wouldn't <laughs> he wouldn't debate uh his his gop opponents after some polling came out that had him pulling ahead um because there was there were some polls out there that showed that if jim renacy and joe blystone if they consolidated behind one or the other that dewine was in real trouble so as soon as there was a poll that showed him pulling ahead of them if even if they combined dewine said all right it is time to it's time to ride this thing in i it, it's no mistakes territory and debates are where you make mistakes
2: let me ask let me ask you this i think dewine's biggest problem that he Yes, and he is this state has traditionally loved Mike DeWine, both Republicans and Democrats. There's something about him, but I think the dividing issue for DeWine is how he handled the COVID situation. There are people who thought he did an outstanding job and loved what he did, and there were people that were very angered by it. That I think is a dividing issue for him, but when it comes to name recognition, uh, I, obviously he's a, a clear front runner now. He isn't getting old and he's been around a long time. But uh, I think people are comfortable, perhaps, with him and don't know enough about the other that are running against him. I did watch a Democratic debate, and I'm going to tell you, it was painful to watch that. It was just painful and difficult to watch to the end.
0: Well, we're going to do a third one on that.
2: I, I, will, I didn't watch it yet. No spoilers. <laughs>